Time Podcast, the podcast where we read your stories on the balcony of a chateau in southern France, slowly compiling them into an anthology that we will one day sell for millions and millions of dollars. We are your hosts. I am Andrew Brunig. To the left of me is the tri-state area's third best Elvis impersonator, Dan Palmer. Thank you. Thank you very much. And to the right of me is a man who was formerly a dolphin, Jacob Bransky. <laughs> was that... Was that better? That was, no. That was pretty good. Okay. As I far mean, as dolphins go. I was, you get an auto-tune that, that was, like, you'd be right there. <laughs> it was better than previous attempts. Let me tell you. Watch some scientists use that as, like, <laughs> their base to, like, communicate with dolphins in the wild. They, they just need, like, a dolphin call. Like, they have duck calls. <laughs> the contact I'm sure that they will not be using... Mine. They contact us. We're like, do you need a story? No, but that guy who did the dolphin. We need him. We need him right now. <laughs> yeah. um, our fourth host today, Jeff, seems to be running a little late. So we're going to unfortunately have to start without him. Friggin' Jeff. Yeah. Classic. Little Jeff. Before we get started, we would like to thank a few people for their help with this podcast. Uh, the book Pace and Method Piano. Pace and Method teaches creativity. Matthew Hayducky, the very talented graphic artist over at tpublic.com. And Nick Palmer, the very talented everyman at parabolmedia.format.com. Our fourth sponsor is Jacob's <laughs> Cheeks. <laughs> yes, my cheeks. Thank you. They look especially puffy and cute today. Mm. Very pinchable. <laughs> well, thank you. Do you, you have take a little pinch of you. Is that how they? Is that how you resonate the dolphin sound? They kind of vibrate within all yeah, that yeah, extra yeah. cheek muscle. Yeah, yeah. And my pronounced nose really vibrates the music. The music. <laughs> the music from my mouth that these dolphins make. You don't know. You might be the Barry Manilow of dolphins. Like, you have no idea. You know, you could have been born. It felt pretty organic. It felt, yeah. Very I, organic. Would you like to, do you want to do another animal noise, perhaps? Uh, what kind of noise does a kangaroo make? Is this, are you going to tell us? I don't, I don't know, are but you I'm willing us? to do a legendary attempt. I would imagine that it's, it's probably something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they probably got something on there. Put that on the bobby. It looked like you kind of took care of that for me. I'm just going to let it. <laughs> you know let that, that one That's going to be it? That's it. All right, well, if at any time, no pressure, if you feel like doing a kangaroo noise, just blurt Here, it out. We got a video. No, no. As episode numero uno. Today's tale time theme is starting off pretty light. Unbearable grief and heart-wrenching loss. Wow. Yeah, so death in general or any kind of... Is that really the theme? The theme is people that have gone and like your your memories of them. My neighbor and longtime best friend, one of my first friends ever, um, he would have just turned 25, passed away in a car accident. And that's been incredibly difficult to deal with you know there's definitely a lot of grief he's touched a lot of people's lives and he was the oldest of three and i just saw his brother today and you know where he was he was snowboarding his backyard that brendan you know started to set up and everything before uh before he had gotten in the car accident that's definitely been consuming my thoughts you know easily for the last month it was almost a month ago almost exactly a month ago i personally like to think of my grandma, but it's not really like my grandma. It's more of like a time and place. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's more of like an idea of my grandma, which I think like is kind feeling. of feeling. Yeah, which is more, it's kind of like beautiful in a sense. I always imagine we're in this like Vermont lush uh, countryside. It's actually in Bennington. Uh, she had a farmhouse in Bennington, which yeah, belonged yeah. to one of the Green Mountain Boys. And it's this beautiful old colonial farmhouse. And I just remember like 
sitting on her lap and there's a rocking chair and there was like a small little creek to the left. And this is real? This, is, all this real. is real. This is actually real. Yeah. And she, um, and in the, literally you could, if you turned right, you would see these rolling hills that like ascended into the mountains mm. in the background. And it was just gorgeous, dude. It was absolutely gorgeous. And it's just like that area of Vermont. That's lived with me though for my entire life. That's why like I always, like I tell Kelsey, my girlfriend, but that's why I always want to do like weekend trips to Vermont or something like that, just to kind of get lost in that. I think part of it is like my grandma because she like she had this like mystical kind of feel to it. I feel like she was part of the landscape and there's just like something awesome. You have the, the cabin up there and it's mm. kind of like, you know, that area is a little bit more commercial. But even then it's you are in the mountains and it's like this yeah. beautiful area. But it's that's always brought me a sense of solace, <clears> you know, because the whole idea is that um, she's still there. You know, the idea oh, is yeah. still there of she's her. Definitely still there. So I, yeah. you know, even with your neighbor, I would say wonderful memories you know what i mean you kind of look mm -hmm. back on those and right uh, that's all you got that's kind of that's kind of like on the story we're going to be uh reading today it touches on uh like truly knowing somebody especially after they're gone yeah no i wanted to actually add to that though um because <clears throat> you were talking about grandparents my grandparents on my dad's side passed away when i was a lot younger i was like in middle school but i feel like as a child you don't really appreciate them as much you're just like yeah like we're gonna be going to you know grandma and grandpa's and you're just like all right like whatever like i wonder how i would interact with them now is what i'm saying mm -hmm. you know like growing up and like just becoming so much different than how you were obviously in middle school like how i would have interacted with them more and obviously i would have shown like more appreciation than just like oh like, i don't really want to go to you know grandma and grandpa's today you know right, but right, i right. feel like it would just be a lot better now for them to like see me grow up and right I would actually like interact with them. So I definitely miss like that aspect of, and also I never even met my, my mom's uh, father, you know? And like he, I could like see the resemblance of myself in him. And I'm like, damn. And like my mom tells me stories of him and he sounds like such like a stand up guy. And I was never able to actually meet him. And I was like, damn, like that sucks, you know? But, I don't know. but that's kind of part of like life too is like filling in those voids that like yeah. people left behind your the idea that because sometimes the idea they plant on you is different from what they actually were you know what i mean and it's true when you know somebody at a different age it has like because my grandma died when i was like seven or eight yeah exactly and like, it's you know i'm at a mature stage right now so it would have been a different dynamic they would, yeah i would have known been more so now and like yo my grandmother was so fun like i would love to just mess with her you know, I wasn't able to mess with her when I was seven, eight years old, you know, but like now, like it would have been fun. I could like kind of like screw around with her and she would like laugh and be like, oh, Jake, like you're such a jerk. <laughs> I don't know, like something, you know, like <laughs> classic Jake, you know, like you grew up to be just like your father, you know, being a turd. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know. I think that if I'm a little bit, um, uh, Honest, I feel like we don't talk, people don't talk enough about death in society. You know what I mean? Because I, when I pass gravestones, like entire, and you see it's like gravestone from established 1713. You're like, like that dude lived in, I just look at one gravestone yeah. and I'm like, that guy lived an entire life. Like right. he grew up, he had a first kiss, he had a, you know what I mean? Like he had, right, right. He had a first everything and he, he fell in love and he fell out of love or, you know, he, he struggled to build the, you know, rock wall or tend to his cattle. And he had like hopes and desires. And that just like amazes me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, it amazes me too. I totally do that. And I don't think people, I don't know. I feel like people don't reflect on that. That's the one thing I like about like graveyards is it like just puts things into perspective 
And I think that it just shows our vast history. And I, I don't know. I'm amazed by that. I really am amazed by that. That's true. Very true. Today's story is called Ghosted. It's by Hassan AJ. Hassan is 26 years old. He's a graduate of the Yale Writers Workshop. He attended three summer workshops, 2016, 2017, 2018, where he studied under author Sybil Baker, Kirsten Bakis, and Michael Cunningham. He also attended the Fine Arts Work Center in Provincetown with author David Shields. He is based in New Haven, pursuing a degree in English and creative writing from Quinnipiac University. He gave us some fun facts, which is always um, fun. Viewers at home, please, if you submit a story, give us a brief bio of yourself. It doesn't need to be anything more than two sentences or what have you. Feel free to send more, but also give us a couple of fun facts, you know, that we can let the world know about yourself. Hassan's fun facts are he can be found riding the Metro North between New Haven and New York City, listening to Florence and the Machine or Philip Glass. He finished reading many books on that ride. He also finished writing many of the stories at Sterling Memorial Library in New Haven. He's currently been watching his favorite show, Lost, for the third time. Our very talented and beautifully baritoned friend, Daniel Palmer, is our resident reader. Oh, yeah. So I will pass over the story to him in a moment. But just as a uh, recap, just because the story is poetic and it's abstract at times and it's very beautiful, but it's good to have a understanding before we dive in. Uh, told from the, pr the protagonist's perspective... Ghosted takes place in the aftermath of a close friend's apparent suicide. In poetic fashion, the narrator guides us through his recent memory, back to the small cherished moments of friendship and through a pain of a friend's secret suffering. Ghosted alludes to the capricious state of the millennial generation's love troubles, but in the same light touches on the poignant emotionality of sudden loss. Ghosted by Hassan AJ. The first time it hit me that Sally was gone was when I saw Carlton, who had not been returning my texts, having coffee at a corner coffee shop in Harlem, with a man I did not recognize. We'll talk later, were his last words, right after the funeral, spoken with doubt and urgency, an impulse to walk the other way. Weeks after, I stood in front of that coffee shop, watching him exist. As panic gathered around me, and all I wanted was Sally by my side, telling me what a worthless piece of shit he was, and that I should move on. That he was nothing but a ghost. It was the end of September, and on that day, I felt the heat of a summer retreat. The leaves wither as if their green drained by the very same stems that once pumped life into them in spring. Though I could not reach her, I walked down Fifth Ave, towards her apartment on 73rd Street. I forgot where I was going. I forgot where I was coming from. It was seeing him again that stirred the Hudson and flooded the East River. The very act of him slipping quietly out of my life and joining the pedestrians and the coffee shop dwellers of the city. Sally's song, the first song I produced for her, played from a cab that rushed by me, splashing a murky puddle of water. People are mere ghosts, filling our lives, until the day we turn ghosts ourselves. She knew Carlton. In those days I spent at the recording studio in her apartment, I knew Sally Armstrong in ways the world did not. Between us, there was nothing off limits but her necklace with the letter E dangling over her chest and my life before New York. We don't talk about Edward, she said once, when I asked about the necklace. And then she said, tell me about the good old days in Georgia. We don't talk about Georgia, I said. On that cold day in September, I wanted to get as far away from that coffee shop where Carlton lived a life removed from mine. 
Each step towards her place felt like a step over a land that was made to crumble. It was Carlton who assured me that the glacier mass that is Manhattan was made to last, that the ground I walked over with him by my side was solid, that ahead of us was his graduation, followed by apartment hunting in Williamsburg, and then our lives would begin. How was I to know that beneath the promise there was nothing but air? That all that waited ahead was a free fall. But she knew. She read him in ways I couldn't. He's handsome, she'd say, after I introduced them at the VMA's after party, and as Carlton was across the room getting us drinks. He's a poet, I said. She looked at me with eyebrows to the sky, and I rushed to add, well, a poet to be. He, he's finishing his prereq set, C-U-N-Y. She shook her head. You love your tormented souls. That's up for debate. Honey, be careful. She changed her tone, leaned closer and whispered over the loudspeakers playing music from our latest album. Don't get carried away, she said. They're all ghosts. Carlton came back with the gin and tonic. I'm pretty sure I just cut in front of Mac Miller. He handed me a glass. And that's Florence the Machine right there. It's Florence Welch. I corrected him. And I'm standing right in front of Sally Armstrong. Man, what a night. The thing I remember most about Carlton that night was the way he carried himself with confidence that collided with a dorkiness. And that made me weak. But the more he went on, the less amused Sally was. It's kind of hard to think of you as someone who'd even smile, he said. And why is that? Sally asked, glanced at me, then back at Carlton. I don't know. Your voice is just so mournful. And your lyrics. It's like a Greek tragedy meets Baroque pop. She squeezed my arm. All you need is a great producer, and I got one right here. No, seriously, he went on. Your lyrics. It's like... You're giving us a small dose of the tragedy we're trying to escape and then clearing it away. Aristotle says it. Tragedy is like a homeopathic cure. All right, if Aristotle says so. She laughed, downed her gin along with the ice cubes. I reached her building and stood across the street as it kept on getting colder. Mist descended over the grid. And I remember the last time Sally and I met what the world did not know about her is that everything she did or said or sang about was an elegant cry for help, served in the most sophisticated way. She did not tell you she was lonely. She showed you pictures of an Airbnb upstate or in Vermont where she'd spend a weekend alone. She did not meet you for drinks. She knocked on your door with a bottle of Hendrix and two glasses any hour of the day, as if she was being chased by a ghost. She did not talk about feelings. She screamed in a soundproof chamber into a mic, bled her heart out, and then took a bath behind a closed door. She asked you about your feelings, seeking solace in the fact that they'll eclipse hers. Sweetie, I know you well. You're not afraid of being ghosted. You want to be ghosted. But in the sense of being possessed, she said after her fifth glass of gin that night. Excuse you? Yes, you want a guy to consume you, be in your life every waking minute, make up for the shit that drove you out of Georgia. And if Carlton fell short, just a little, your world collapsed. Oh, that's a fucked up thing to say. Besides, aren't we projecting 
just a little here. She grabbed my empty glass and poured half of hers in mine. Whatever makes her sleep at night, right? Sally died that night. I wasn't there. I went back to Carlton's place, and for three days, I thought she had stopped answering my texts. The paramedics found her naked on the floor. Pills crushed on the coffee table, swept into her last glass. Next to her, there was a photo album filled with wedding pictures of a younger version of her, ripped to shreds. My phone did not stop ringing. Every news outlet came to me as if I had all the answers. My news feed was filled with the story of a legend who'd gone too soon. Tributes were held, and the tabloids were on a scavenger hunt piecing together her past. Edward, the mystery man in Sally Armstrong's life. The truth is, I realized, as I stood outside what used to be her building, that for years she had been telling me that she had been breaking into pieces. The world heard her scream her pain so loud and gave her a Grammy in return. She charted her path towards the grave, and I cheered for her along the way. And all I wanted to tell her was that Carlton had ghosted me. That, my friends, was ghosted by Hassan AJ. Thank you so much to our resident reader, Dan Palmer, and his beautiful baritone. Great story, Dan. We appreciate Great that story, so Dan. much. Thank you. Great job, Dan. <laughs> Great job, Dan. <laughs> thank you. Well done. Uh, thank you so much, Hassan, for sending in that beautiful story. It's more of like, instead of knowing the person, it's kind of like knowing the idea of the person. I think it's left interesting behind. because it sounds... Sorry to interrupt you. No, no. It sounds a lot like, um, you know, your classic case of depression. Somebody is yeah. struggling. Somebody is trying to express their pain because they find it hard to express their pain in other ways. So that's their outlet. And I think it's interesting that Mac Miller is is, in fact, a small piece of this story. I think that's fascinating as well. I don't know, you know if this was written before or right. after. Right. I but, love that part about like. And as it were, didn't didn't he um, go by using pills as well wasn't that the i think i i'm not i'm not so i think sure that i don't know if that's true or not but i think it's interesting that that he is mentioned in this story that has very similar kind of ties to how i think he was feeling or he was you know mentally at the time of of death do you think that like for poetic people or like famous people like that, there's like an extra burden that kind of like, you know what I mean? I That like weighs on them to the point. I think you have to live more than just your life when you're famous, mm. you know, like that always in the light. You have to live your life, have fun and everything, but you're always in the light, you know being like a super famous person like a musician or something like there's always somebody who's trying to talk to you trying to get your autograph trying to take a picture trying to do this or that you know like you're always being seen yeah you know yeah i think a lot of it too is um like i'm a person who's like my emotions are on my sleeve if something's bothering mm -hmm. me i'll like tell everybody but i think that like our friend dave we all have a mutual friend na named dave and i think that he's more stoic in that regard, like he's seen a lot of different stuff on his job or throughout his life. And I feel like he's not internalizes it, but I, 
he just deals with it in a different way. And I don't think that he's definitely hard crusted. I think it's hard. It's just like, I think I've noticed that there's nothing wrong with the that. Years. No, 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 definitely. Not. And I'm more like on but, my yeah. sleeves. I'm like, let's like, I'm to the point of it where my girlfriend, Kelsey's like, all right, we don't need to talk about everything, but I'm like, yeah. I think it's good. We should talk about all this stuff. But I think that especially for people that, that kind of like harbor that kind of, <laughs> we don't need to talk about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm like, you saw that hamster die at the pet store, right? How did that make you feel? She's like, I feel fine. Circle of life. The hamsters and hamster heaven, Andrew. All right. I just thought maybe I just thought maybe we could have a little ceremony for the hamster. It's like, oh my God, there's like three thousand of them in there. It's fine. I, I it is kind of sad when, you know, people pass away suddenly and I don't know, they just I, that's the thing about a news outlet when everyone says the same thing. Like, oh, they were the nicest person. They seem so happy. I don't know what it is. So I think that Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to pretend that I'm a psychologist, but I definitely know people out there are much more interested in psychology and like the effects of man, like depression and oh yeah, yeah, th- more than they've ever been, which is super cool. Like people are really into trying to educate themselves as far as mental illnesses. Exactly. Go so. All right, thank you so much for tuning into Tailtime Podcast. We actively encourage all listeners or friends of listeners to submit their own personal stories, and not just writers either. You hear that? Not just writers, Dan. Oh, who else can throw in their story? Anybody under the sun. <laughs> Anybody at all. <laughs> While we accept poems, short stories, screenplay, synopses, novel excerpts, etc., etc. Spoken word. A spoken word, yes. <coughs> That'd be dope. We also love to get personal anecdotes, funny bathroom bar stories, UFO abduction tales, divorce hearings, and the funny ramblings of your drunk uncle Ned. Please submit stories to tailtimepodcast at gmail.com. And if you happen to prefer reading your own piece on the podcast yourself, please let us know and we'd be happy to reach out to you. <laughs>